So what exactly is herbal terminology and how can you apply it to your life? Regardless of whether you're a practicing herbalist or just a plant, you you like to dabble in plants (laughs) a little bit. I'm going to explain to you what all this terminology means so that way you can dive deeper with plants. Hello, lovely people. Welcome to another episode of Herbaceous Conversations with Back to a Silly. I'm your host, Gloria, and this is a space to delve into the knowledge of plant medicine and empower you with practical and applicable information to enhance your well-being. For more information, visit the website at backtoacilly.com. All right, so let's say you have walked into a health store and you've gone over to the herbal section and you're looking for ginger right now the ginger you might see available to you might be named different things right so of course looking at the bottle and the labeling you have the brand name and then you have the substance that's within there now sometimes this goes by the common name of the plant uh, the scientific name or even is active compound so for example with ginger sometimes you may even see gingerol on the cover and you also might see helps with nausea uh, supports cardiovascular health and other different claims. Claims you will not see on the bottle <laughs> include, you know, anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory for obvious reasons, which we'll explain later on in this episode. So now on labels, you know, supporting different systems that's pertaining to the action, right? Of the plant. Now these actions are derived by certain systems. There are systems in place to where they can categorize plants, right? So this is where crude drugs come from. So crude drugs is basically a physical manifestation of pharmacognosy, which is the study of nature-derived or plant-derived medicines. According to a document by the Department of Pharmacognosy and Phytochemistry at Jamia Hamdard University in New Delhi, explains crude drugs that as them, or excuse me, explains crude drugs as applying to products from plants and animals originating from nature in its raw form. Right, so it's like the physical manifestation. Now, crude drugs are classified in six ways to go through this step-by-step process to categorize different drugs under certain things, right? So those six classifications include alphabetical, morphological, taxonomical, pharmacological, chemical, and chemotaxonomical. So we'll start with alphabetical. We run, we'll go through these classifications real quick. So alphabetical, of course, now that refers to the name of the plant. So names, you have either common names or vernacular names. Um, now, and the, of course, the scientific name, right? It does help. Um, I remember when I was in school a few years ago, I was studying, I forget which language it was. I think it, no, no, I don't remember. I think it was Spanish. I want to say Spanish, but I'm not too sure. 
I was studying one language and at the same time I decided to study Latin because you know if you are studying any kind of science degree understanding Latin will help you you know further understand the prefixes and suffixes of words and how they're derived and what they mean so that does help I will say that it's not necessary to study Latin to understand scientific names per se but it does help so alphabetical and now not only does that prefer refer to the name of the plant this also refers to how they're organized so this is where the pharmacopoeias come in these reference books are freaking amazing <laughs> um, and there are different kinds from all over the world right we have the british pharmacopoeia we have the british herbal pharmacopoeia indian we have Afri well i wouldn't say african uh there are some african countries that have their own pharmacopoeia I know Ethiopia has their own. I believe Kenya has its own. Uh, Ghana has one. Uh, and then, of course, we have one here in the United States. So that is just a reference book for plants um, that lists its terminology <laughs> um, and its pharmacological aspects. So that's alphabetical. Now, morphological... Um, without looking at the definition, really. Morphing, right? You think of um, evolution, change, or even just moving, you know, like shape-shifting, changing forms. So morphology refers, and that all just refers to the external component of a plant. So how it looks, uh, different parts of the plant, right? There are so many different parts. <laughs> so, you know, we have seeds, you have the bark. Um, now, all those parts are subdivided into two different groups. You have organized drugs and unorganized drugs that, and they, you know, categorize different uh, plant parts according to, yeah. <laughs> so, for example, um, those two groups, now organized, that just means it's the plant itself right and then unorganized is uh how do i say it like it's altered in some way physically so for example essential oils are an unorganized drug right because you don't <laughs> you can't go outside and pick essential oils from a tree <laughs> as convenient as that would be <laughs> it's not possible so there has to be some form of physical manipulation to get those unorganized drugs so that's how they're divided amongst the morphological classification now taxonomical that refers to the botanical itself and how it is in the plant kingdom right so if you look at the plant kingdom hierarchy you have the plant kingdom right the phylum the order the family the genus and the species so that's referring to the taxonomical classification and this is just to track how the evolution of a plant is going right according to its environment and how it's changing and adapting now the fourth classification is the pharmacological classification also therapeutic now this refers to groups of plants irrespective of its parts so this class classification does not look at the plant parts per se but rather its compounds and how those compounds affect certain systems in the body so, for example, looking at ginger, right, you have the rhizome, which sits under the ground. And in that rhizome itself, it has 
oily resins, also known as oily resins, right? And those resins also contain different compounds amongst themselves. And the rhizome itself, in addition to the resin, also has other compounds that contribute to the ginger plant, right? So like, like I mentioned earlier, gingerol, that's one of the most predominant compounds in ginger. There are actually 31, there are 31 different uh, variations of gingerol. According to, this is from a book, it's called The Herbal Medicine biochemical and clinical aspects and that's the second edition they talk about this in chapter seven so yeah there are 31 different variations of gingerol now looking at those compounds they each have different pharmacological actions right so gingerol uh pertains to the anti-inflammatory and anti um cancer pharmacological action of ginger so that's just one example of this classification how it's applied and then the fifth classification is chemical this is probably my favorite section i'm a little bit biased right as i studied chemistry (laughs) um so now these now under the chemical classification there are 10 different groups under which these phytochemicals are classified. Now, phytochemicals, there are hundreds and hundreds upon thousands <laughs> of chemicals. So it's important that, you know, such systems are in place so that way they can all be organized, right, and identified. So these, so for the chemical classification, there are 10 different groups that these phytochemicals are put in. And those 10 groups include carbs, you have glycosides, tannins, volatile oils, lipids, alkaloids, resins, uh, vitamins, protein, and enzymes, and triterpenes. So those are the 10 groups under which those phytochemicals of plants are subdivided in. And then lastly, you have the chemotoxinomic classification. Now that is a blend of the chemical and taxonomical So those are fused together so that way you can further understand the anatomy of plants, right? So crude drugs and the classification of those helps us. This system is in place to help us unify the relationships between plants, their actions, and their chemical constitutes, and how they're synthesized in the body, right? Now that's on a general basis, of course, Uh, as everyone reacts differently according to their body energies, right, to plants. But that's another conversation for another day. (laughs) So the other tier, the second tier, which is systems of wellness. Now this um, sub-tier of herbal terminology is heavily cultural. Right, we have certain systems of wellness that are just based around cultures, and this is important too because there are plants that are endemic to certain regions, of course. Right, so for example, we have there's traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, um, Western African practices. Um, The African continent, it's getting their herbal, uh, how do I say? Uh, terminology together because you know the continent's so big so they just group it according to regions so there's west african uh medicine east african 
South African, and then North. I don't, I don't, I take that back. I'm not too sure about North. I have, yeah, I have to look into that. However, yeah, so you have these different systems of wellness in place that are highly dependent on culture. So, and understanding, too, which plants are endemic to those regions will help you understand those systems of wellness even further. Now, the third tier, medical terminology. Now, of course, this refers to the chemical action, right? So this is the names, per se, of the pharmacological actions that I had mentioned earlier of ginger. So pertaining to ginger, right, you have the anti-nausea, um, hypotensive, uh, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. Those are all terminologies that refer and characterize different actions of ginger, right? Now, this is where it can get a little bit tricky, <laughs> right? Um, if you're a health professional, you have to be cautious here. These words cannot be thrown around <laughs> like they are online. Granted, you know, reading it online is one thing that's educational purposes or even listening to it. Uh, however, using these terms in regards to, you know, making disease claims, right? So this refers to curing, preventing, diagnosing. There are laws in place, right? There are laws in place such as Deshay and we have the whole FDA <laughs> that monitors um, this aspect of um, the healthcare field. Because, yeah, you, these words is very dangerous <laughs> to just throw around. So being mindful of how you're describing these terminologies is very important. Um, yeah, and there are many, many others. I'll include a reference list in the show notes. So that way you may use to further understand medical terminology. I will say this, though. Now, you, there are some things. Now, there are ways, of course, <laughs> you know, such as, you know, herbalists. Um, we aren't, um, how do I say we, uh, I wouldn't say certified, but we're not, uh, deemed, you know, we can't use the disease claim. So instead you can use, um, you know, it supports a certain system. Uh, you can even go as far as to explaining the energetic humors, right. And applications of that plant, which is very, very uh, useful and very insightful. I would say it's even more effective. I'll go as far as to say that. Now, if you want to listen, I think it was the second episode. I broke down the history of plant energetics and humors and how we can apply them today. So that's medical terminology. Now, the last tier of herbal terminology is preparations. Now, I made it the last tier very intentionally because those first three that we just discussed, right, the crude drugs, systems of wellness, and medical terminology, you need those three things in order to prepare, right, an herbal formula. So let's say, you know, you're walking down the street and you see wild dandelion, right? Now, dandelion, there are different parts to it. Um, let's say you grab the flower of the dandelion, right? And you make tea out of it. 
Now, the tea, let's say you grab, actually, okay, hold on. Let's say you grab the entire plant, right? And you make three different teas. You make tea using the flower. You make tea using the leaf. And then you make tea using the root of dandelion. Now, if you were to test and analyze the compounds of dandelion between those three tea formulations, it'll vary. It, it will vary. It won't be the same across the board. And that's because plant, you know, as we mentioned earlier, going through those classifications, compounds are concentrated in different parts of a plant. So understanding that will help you prepare effective herbal formulations, which is what we want. That's what everyone wants, right? Effective herbal formulations. So understanding those three before preparing will help you tremendously. Now, in regards to preparing herbal formulas, there are so many options, <laughs> so many options, right? You have teas, you have tinctures, uh, percolations even, which is just, uh, how do I say, a modern way of making tinctures very quick. I love that system. I haven't used it, but I've watched a video. It's quite fascinating. Um, <laughs> yeah, so percolations, uh, poultice, uh, what else? Infusions, decoctions. There are so many options in regards to herbal formulations. Um, and another component that you can add, right, to deepen formulations and preparing them, um, you'll see this in different cultures. There's usually a ritual that is attributed to making herbal formulas. So these rituals vary, right, according, you know, from culture to culture, place to place. However, they usually involve the elements of the earth. Um, yeah, earth, wind, water, and fire, uh, music and dance, uh, infusing different cosmologies, right, the sun, the moon, the stars, there are so many different rituals, so many different, according to, you know, different cultures. So that's another way to deepen your herbal uh, formulation process and understanding herbal terminology. Yeah. So those are the four tiers of herbal terminology. Crude drugs, we'll go on through them again. Crude drugs, what was it? Systems of wellness, medical terminology, and preparations. Yes. I hope this helped you tremendously. Um, and I want to challenge you. Uh, take a plant that, any kind of plant. I was going to say one that you've been interested in lately, but it doesn't matter. Take any plant and then run through those classifications um, from the crude drugs to its pharmacological uh, classifications to systems of wellness, how it's applied around the world, right? Medical terminology and prepar uh, preparations. And doing this with different plants will really, really deepen your connection and understanding of that plant, which is the ultimate goal of herbalism and understanding plants and having conversations with them. All right, so that concludes this episode for this week. If this episode did help you in any way, shape, or form, I would love, 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 love to hear from you. So you can do that by leaving a review on any platform that you listen to Herbaceous Conversations to. And on that note, I will catch you guys next week. 
now next week we're going to be talking about uh winter medicinals and i'll be dropping a few recipes for you guys to try all right that concludes today's episode and i'll check you guys next thursday have a fantastic rest of your week bye for now